Um, I have a story. If we, if you want to start with a story about my dog who is a cab as fuck. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. Now this is much more interesting than me doing prodigy impersonations. <laughs> um, I was walking him as I want to do. Indeed. And I don't know what was going on near me, but there were just like, like four or five cop cars just like pulled over and started like searching this street with like flashlights and shit. Oh shit. Um, and so I was waiting to cross the street and this cop with his flashlight is like looking for something behind us, like not talking to me, not bothering me. I was uncomfortable because like, obviously they were doing some shit and I didn't want to be bothered with it, but I guess Caden didn't notice them until he noticed them. And then like all this fucking fur went up and he started growling and barking at this cop. (laughs) (laughs) And the cop looks at me like, can you control your dog? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. He's just kind of easily startled. And you you did kind of sneak up behind us. And then he didn't say anything. And then I crossed the street. And then I like got into my building and just like patted him on his little head. And I'm like, my good little Antifa dog. No. <laughs> That's so sweet. Which is much more interesting than what I was just about to do and ruin myself already. Uh, all cops are bastards anyway (laughs) (laughs) but all dogs are awesome (laughs) accurate Talking like a teen, where we have a tendency to rush back into our past. Um, I'm not Adrian. And I am aggravated as all hell. I have a thing to help with that. Do you really? Because that would be great. Because um, we usually do this on like Saturday mornings when like I'm like awake and the sun is shining and like I have the whole day ahead of me. Uh, we're doing this on a Monday night where I am annoyed and cranky and have not had enough caffeine today. So... Please, whatever this thing is to make me happier, I, I would love to hear it. Um, I have a terrible list of songs that apparently are proven to make you happy. Okay, I'm uh, going to stop you right there. That sound that sounds like a setup, because <laughs> when you say proven, by whom? Are we talking about, like, Surgeon General? Is this, like, CDC? Uh, this website uh, failed to list their sources. Or how this experiment was conducted. Ooh, so we got some clickbait action going on. I sent you this list this morning, mostly because I was trying to figure out who it was for. Like, who the intended audience is. Right. I narrowed it down to a white person. (laughs) (laughs) But not completely. Now, keep in mind, I'm just now getting the list. So I have not seen this beforehand. This is not scripted. I'm going through this list, and uh, this is going to be bad for a lot of reasons. <laughs> oh, man. Some some of these songs, like as far as songs proven to make you happy, they made a big point of going out of their way of being like, these are songs that are not specifically designed like Happy by Pharrell or I don't know, other songs talking about happiness. 
they're not talking about those songs. They're talking about songs that just like naturally make you happy. Okay, so like the sound of them or like the energy is supposed to make you happy. Yeah, or like they would bring forth a fond memory sort of deal. That seemed to be the impression that I got from a lot of the write-ups on this shit. But, like, certain... How do I put this? The age group is weird. Certain songs are going to make me, as a millennial in her 30s, those are songs that are going to, like, transport me back to childhood, teenage years, that kind of thing, and, like, instantly bring a smile to my face in that way. A lot of these songs are my mom's shit, which is fine, but, like, I, I just, I don't understand. But it was weird. It made me angry at fucking 8.30 this morning when I looked at it, and I sent it to you, and now here we are. <laughs> I guess we should just go out and say that it's uh, whatculture.com. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm calling them out. Fucking so many pop-up ads, my phone melted. See, and I hate using the term millennial only because I keep forgetting, like, what the age range is. Like, I'm going to be fucking 36 next month, so look. Yeah, and you and I are millennials. That's the thing is, like, people don't seem to understand that, like, that age group isn't, they're not fucking 19-year-olds anymore. That's something else. (laughs) And the last time I tried to do a Fortnite dance, I was in traction. That was dumb. It made me laugh a lot. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> the whole recording is worth it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so hold on. Let me hit the Millie Rock uh, right before we get into this list. Okay. Millie Rock has been officially been hit. Um, obviously, I'm back in Mountain Dew. Okay. So, like, first off the bat, though, like, given I, I mentioned our ages for a very specific reason and also just for other reasons that are pretty obvious. They started off with number 10 being uh, The Rock Show by Blink-182. Right. Yeah. Spoiler alert. That's like the best song on this list. Not the best song, but like eh, this, mm. the song that for me, aside from like one other one, this is a song that like fits the bill as far as what this article is trying to do. Right. This, this song is so stupid. I love it so much. It does sort of instantly bring a smile to my face. They're great with singles because the song is, it's not really goofy, but it's, you know, it was like the lead single off of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. And for an album that kind of actually gets strangely heavy, because it's like, The Rock Show is the first song you hear, like, ever since that was the first single. But then you start the album proper, and it's Anthem Part 2, which is decidedly not that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, okay. I was like, all right, that was an uh, interesting summer when I came out. Um, I was taking playwriting classes at a local college because that's what nerds do on their summer break. I love it. It was a that was a good time, and this album came out, and which is weird that like 2001 was probably like the height of my Blink 182 fandom. So yeah, I do have fond memories of this song. So okay, you know what? We're starting off okay. It did actually make me happy. Um, it made me think of going to Warp Tour with, like, my little group of middle school friends and, like, being pretend adults for a day. I don't know. It made me happy. <laughs> did you uh, Did you fall in love with The Rock Show? Um, I fell in love with Less Than Jake at The Rock Show. My friend fell in love with AFI at The Rock Show. He did fall in love with The Rock Show, see? I already loved Less Than Jake. 
<laughs> Hi, um, I like to be difficult. Anyway, you are. No, yeah, I was gonna say you're not helping me. I'm trying to prove this list right. <laughs> I'm not. That's the whole point. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Number nine. I don't know. If you, I don't know if you want to read the next one. Uh, number nine is "Best Friend" by Queen. Yeah, sure. Why not? Wait, are we sure why not in Queen? Because hold up. For me, there are so many other Queen songs that I like better than this one. I mean, that goes without saying. But I mean, it's a great song, but it's definitely not like my go-to Queen song. Hell no. What is your go-to Queen song? Oh, that is a... God damn. Okay, <laughs> shit. You always do this to me. <laughs> um, Like, okay. I want to be like super... You know, I'm going to be super predictable, but then I have to be me at the end of the day. Uh-huh. I wish I could find it. Hold on. Let me see if I can search for it really quickly. There was an alternate version of We Will Rock You uh, that they <laughs> recorded. Basically, it's a faster tempo. Okay. It legit is like a punk song. And right. I'm like, I don't know why we did not get this version officially. Don't get me wrong. Like, the original version is fucking great. It's anthemic. There's a reason why, like... Every fucking sports movie and every, like, arena plays even, like, a portion of that song. But hearing, like, this alternate version, it's faster, and it makes me want to fight even harder. Uh, I think it was maybe, like, a BBC take or something like that, but it's so fucking good. But that version of We Will Rock You definitely makes me want to do crime. (laughs) What about you, though? What's your go-to Queen song? It's kind of Killer Queen. It's also kind of Death on Two Legs. Oh, man, that's that's gold. Death on Two Legs is just one of those songs that, like, doesn't get enough love because it wasn't, it wasn't a single. But it's, like, one of the meanest fucking songs I have ever heard. And it's so eloquent and perfect. If you are only familiar with Queen via, like, their singles and radio hits, like... Just check out Death on Two Legs. You don't even have to listen to the song if you don't want to. Just pull up the lyrics. It's mean. <laughs> yeah, but now I'm thinking about it. There's so many Queen songs that could fit the bill. Uh-huh. Like, ah, uh, what are their singles or deep cuts? I'm like, my God, this band. Can we yeah. just talk about Queen the rest of the time now? Because <laughs> fuck. I, gotta, I looked at the rest of this list and I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> this list sucks. There are a couple. There are a couple of interesting ones on here. It doesn't suck. It's just more of the for what they're trying to do. Yeah. Okay. This one they're just fucking with us. All right. Uh this this pissed me off. I was like, really? Okay. So the next song that they're saying pro- is proven scientifically to make you happy is by one of the saddest fucking bands in existence. Uh, <laughs> scientifically proven the saddest band <laughs> okay no they're like i was gonna say they're like maybe top definitely top three top three saddest bands like in existence yeah because i think i think the smiths give you a run for your money and i think elliot smith might also give you a run for your money so number eight on this list is friday i'm in love by the cure and again i like this song fine this song is my introduction to The Cure. Interesting. Okay. Even for lyrics, whatever, this is still a pretty depressing song. It's about his wife was dealing with depression or some shit. Like, it's it's a sweet love song, but it's also, like, not. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, because this is like that thing that I think a lot of people have, like, you know, every breath you take being a wedding song. And it's like you're hearing parts of it, but you're not really listening to the song. Because if you listen to Friday I'm in Love, it is not necessarily a quote-unquote upbeat song. It's just presented as such. Which is shit that I go for. Like, my love for Motion City soundtrack is deep in that. Like, taking sad sack shit and making it and packaging it in a way that is fun and upbeat is is something I enjoy immensely. And I do like this song. I just, eh. It's a good song, but I think someone just heard the melody and was just like, oh, this makes me happy. And I don't think they really did too much of a dive, but I also don't think they expected us to cover it because we're assholes. Uh-huh. This next one I can't talk about because um, I'm in a committed relationship and she'll kill me. <laughs> um, I love your Eileen. I do not like this song very much at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also a song that, oh, she's going to kill me, but uh, she was tortured with for a very long time, which now when the song comes on, it is immediately like, skip, I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> Um, so the next song is Come On Eileen by Dicey's Midnight Runners. <laughs> and also, like, the video with the dudes with the weird, like, hobbit curly hair with the overalls, like, uh-huh. and the violins. What was happening? Uh, what were what were we trying to accomplish with that video? Uh, fuck if I know. Thank God Save Ferris helped us with this song, <laughs> because, my God. <laughs> um, albeit for me to plug another podcast on this podcast, especially one that actually, like, does numbers and shit. But um, there's an episode of Punch Up the Jam that talks about this song in much more depth. And yeah, I think they kind of came to the same conclusion that I'd already had where I'm like, I fucking hate this song and I don't need to hear it ever again. I get that it's fun and that people enjoy it. It's for somebody. It's not for me. I don't enjoy it. And then coming from somebody who loves 80s music, when this is on, I'm like, okay, this is entertaining. But even for the era in which it came out... The question remains, who was this for? Well, and apparently it's, I might be completely misremembering this, but it's like for somebody who was like under, it's like underage. It was like really skeezy. Oh, no. Yeah. Ah, okay. Hold on. What's the next song? All right. Uh, hold on. Yep, anyway. <laughs> don't want to deal with that anymore. Okay. Well, the next song is not without its own touchy subjects. Uh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, I mean... No, you're not wrong, but wow. <laughs> uh, the next song on this list is I Want to Dance with Somebody uh, by Whitney Houston, which... Is a fucking bop and a half. Is a bop. Is a bop and a half. And she sings the shit out of it. It's so fun. It happened a little too early for me, so I'm not as familiar with it as certain other things on this list. It's a song that I've I've definitely heard before. And I've definitely grooved to before, but it's just not a song that I'm as familiar with as uh, some of these other ones. This song was required listening as a kid for me. So, I mean, this whole album went hard in our household. So (laughs) it's such a good song. And even for her age, because and I feel bad because now, of course, you know, talking about millennial shit, Uh you know, like I feel like anybody coming up at least within like the last 15, maybe even 20. I don't know if they'll remember this Whitney Houston versus like the later years, which are actually still pretty good, but Mm -hmm. was not the same impact as like this era. And that's the Whitney that I am a bit more familiar with. Like Whitney singing with Mariah Carey, like that kind of shit. Oh, like the, what was it? Was it Prince of Egypt or something like that? Hell yeah. 
in case you hadn't put it together, Rav's not raised in a religious household. That is not a thing that really happened. It's honestly something that kind of makes me uncomfortable. But The Prince of Egypt is one of the best animated movies I've ever seen in my fucking life. And that soundtrack slaps. That soundtrack slaps so hard. That's a ballad to end all ballads. Like, they could have just stopped making ballads. It would have been great. (laughs) The movie, just like animation-wise, is like one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. You know, I'm glad that we ended here instead of some other avenues that we could have taken talking about Whitney Houston. So good job. Yeah, no. And that's the thing. Like, that's why I kind of made that point earlier. I think that there's people who maybe forgot or maybe weren't aware just given when they were coming up about this Whitney Houston. Because like I said, like given her age, Mm -hmm. when this song came out. She is belting. Like, this uh-huh. is not like one of those, like, oh, I'm going to mutter this is quietly kind of songs. No, she is singing her ass off. And she only got better from there. And this was, like, early on in her career. I think she was maybe 20, 21 when the song came out, if that. I'll never do anything that cool. And definitely didn't do anything that cool in my early 20s. I was, uh, no, I, I refuse to finish this sentence. <laughs> 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 on grounds that I may or may not get arrested. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this next one makes me laugh for so many fucking reasons. And I want to know if you're going to laugh for the same reason I am. So, for those of us who grew up in the late 90s, the new radicals were a thing. Don't ask why. It just was. Oh, the 90s were something. And uh, my best friend at the time had this album. I don't remember a goddamn thing from it. I, I do not. But the fact that this is on this list of songs that makes you happy, I guess if you only heard the chorus, <laughs> but does no one remember like the bridge where for some reason where he's all like, don't give up and follow your dreams, where he just decides to threaten Marilyn Manson and <laughs> Beck and Hanson, Hanson to like kick their asses? Like, what? what did, where did this come from? Where are you bringing this energy from? I thought we were talking about like perseverance and like, Going forward and following your dreams. Why are we fighting with people who are more successful than you? Also, like, way to immediately fucking date your song. Like, I granted, those were songs of the, the biggest artists going at that point in time. He didn't, he didn't know that, that a lot of them weren't going to be a thing outside the late 90s. But, like, Christ alive. <laughs> but, like, okay, let's run down the list. Madeline Manson had just recently released Mechanical Animals, which somehow ended up being arguably an even bigger hit than, like, Antichrist Superstar. Mm-hmm. Hanson, for all, you know, the umbop of it all, like, we're still pretty big. Yes. Beck had just released, what, Mutations or Midnight Vultures? Yeah, I would have been around there. Like, Grammy-winning shit and, uh, of course, Hole in Celebrity Skin. Uh-huh. Say what you will about Courtney Love, but goddamn, that album is a fucking monster. I'll say it. I uh, actually really like Courtney Love. Um, I think she's really, I think she's really interesting. Um, I think Hole is a great band, and I fucking love Celebrity Skin. I think it's a really good album. <laughs> it's a really good album. Like Live Through This Hole is great, uh-huh. but like Celebrity Skin, it's that great mix of just you know '90s alternative, but the added production only made them more badass. Yes, I don't remember if it was part of the first season or the second season of uh shirley manson's podcast she did an episode with courtney and they talked about boys on the radio it was very cool to to listen to both of them sort of talk about that moment in time and how courtney came up and where she was sort of 
in her career at that point. I don't know. It's just, you know me, dude. I'll listen to Shirley Vance talk about anything. <laughs> but, like, I'm sorry. I completely derailed any take that you had on this song. But, again, the bridge of this, just, I don't understand, like, where, like, the inner, I, I want to interview that dude and be like, you had us. You had the song that was goofy, but it was fun. And, again, that's like that. I'm stuck online at CVS, but I'm going to tap my toe kind of jam. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like, that is definitely a CVS banger right there. Like, that's that, oh, damn, they're out of fucking fruit punch. Don't let go. Got the music in you. No fruit punch. The mango's gonna go through. <laughs> I'm done. All right. Well, they're out of Fruitopia, so I guess I'll get a Gatorade. Oh, my God. Fruitopia. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit i think i probably like went into like a diabetic coma based off of fruitopia that and surge the late 90s tried to kill me and somehow i'm still here ashley i remember our school our school lunch was was two dollars so my mom would give me two dollars every day for lunch and i would take that two dollars and instead of eating a nutritious lunch I would buy a granola bar from the vending machine and a Fruitopia, and that was my lunch every fucking day, except for square pizza day. <laughs> um, I miss Fruitopia. <laughs> I'm a surge. It was delicious. You can still get surge though. It's not the same. I don't know because it was like Fridays, get out of school, go to the store. Wait online, and of course, all the parents had to talk to each other because y'all ended up at the same store, which is right across the street from the school. Trying to beg mom, can we please go before I fucking miss Power Rangers in space? And I would sit there and watch Power Rangers in space and go through an entire fucking bottle of Surge and wondering, how am I still here? I guess you can't really drink Surge with the same sort of reckless abandon that you could when you're a child. You have to worry about your blood sugar and shit. There would be some instant regret. Like, you're right. Like, not even my blood sugar, but just, I got to try to stay alive for the kids. And then I'm like, so how'd your stepdad die? Fucking watching Power Rangers in space and drinking Surge like he was 12, like a fucking moron. He overdosed on both sugar and caffeine. And then he kept muttering something about Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. Like, we have no idea what the hell he was talking about. Oh, we think it was an aneurysm. Seriously, I can't get over. Why did he decide to pick a fight in the middle of this inspirational song? And these people just released some of the best albums of their career. What was he thinking? I just... <laughs> it's in the song. It's not an alternate take. Nah. If anyone who's not listening to New Radicals, get what you give. Go on Spotify. So unless they edited it out, it, no, I'm sure they did not. It's definitely it's, still there. Oh my god, the bridge is like halfway through recording in the studio. Though I don't know, if like mezcal kicked in, <laughs> but like. <laughs> somewhere he just snaps and then i'm pretty sure the producers in the booth like it, it the mics are still hot right we're still good are, are we going yeah just just go with it just keep recording uh, it's fine <laughs> i just want to make like a mock version of the making of that song like okay you know how like and i'm giving away free ideas here um copyright talking like a teen adrian ashley <laughs> i want a drunk history series but about like the making of like iconic music 
Well, because so many of these stupid pop songs, like, the the songwriters, like, make it a point to be like, I wrote this shit in 20 minutes. That's what makes it great. And I'm like, or maybe you could have taken another fucking 20 minutes and done a second pass and had a song that wasn't insane. Yeah, this song is it's bonkers, like the, the tonal shift. And then it tries to jump back into, like, the don't give up. Like, no, right. you you know. You've you've opened a a, a box that cannot be closed, Mr. Radical. It's a song that is like at the end of every high school movie where like everybody's getting ready to graduate and and all the conflicts have been mostly resolved and we're just kind of wrapping shit up. And you've got like 10 minutes left. And then all of a sudden he just like wants to throw hands. I don't get it. Did he try to get their autographs and did they snub him? Because it sounded weirdly personal. I'm just imagining him like walking up to like the little Hansons and being like, Can you sign my Hanson CD? And them being like, No, fuck off. He tells them that he'll kick their ass in. <laughs> Ashley, that's in this. Like, I know, I'm sure anyone who's listened to the song as much as I do is like, We get it, but no. I really sometimes lay awake at night. Like, I'm not even joking. Thinking about songs and just like, How did we get here? Like, what? I I honestly, I couldn't tell you. Like, I could, I could sit here and, and pull up a bunch of articles and quotes of shit that he said to you. Like, said about this. Because I know he's been asked a million fucking times about Hold this on, shit. I'm almost tempted. Fuck the rest of this list. I need to know. <laughs> Why was he trying to fight everybody? Why are we so angry? <laughs> Maybe if he had listened to some of these songs on this list, he would have been okay. Like... Right? Oh, okay, we don't have to go through that. We can always follow up in a later episode. Okay. But, like, it's just, I, I just don't understand, like, what the thought process was. But the next one actually does make me really happy. Yes. Um, But then also makes me incredibly sad because I think about um, when it was used. Oh. Sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, Shit. did you just ruin Mr. Blue Sky for me forever? No. <laughs> not, not, no. No. Not intentionally. Didn't. No. Um, so the next, the next song is Mr. Blue Sky by ELO. I don't know if your household was an ELO household. Um, we did listen to them a little bit. I mean, Don't Bring Me Down was pretty big. My household was an ELO household. So I have a lot of fond memories and a lot of just like smiley childhood feelings sort of wrapped up in ELO. And also, Aww. like, coming back to them as, like, a fucking jaded, cynical adult, I'm like, these songs rule, actually. <laughs> like, the 70s was weird, and there's a lot of weird shit that happened. And, like, ELO is kind of a strange band, but it's so fun. I just kind of have to give them, give them their due and, and let them go. Yeah, like, I guess the 70s really, like, a discourse from someone who never fucking lived it. But <laughs> right? no doubt a stressful time. But yet it all slapped so hard. And like you couldn't just like you couldn't be upset. Like how could you can't be angry during Mr. Blue Sky? You really truly cannot. And especially given the song is number one on this list. We'll get there. <laughs> then Baby Grew. It's like they reintroduced the song to a new generation. It's like now my kids love this song because it reminds them of Grew. I love the opening of that fucking movie. It's so great. The way that he uses music to to sort of 
further cement like the themes of the movie is just like I love it. It's so good. <laughs> Gamora's like, you're gonna get yourself killed. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is where it just gets weird. I hate this song. It's not ABBA's fault because ABBA had some solid bangers, but Dancing Queen, it's, it, don't get me wrong, it's a good song. This song got worn to the ground. It's not Fernando. It's not Waterloo. Give me a fuck a Waterloo. Though Dance- I do like the harmonies of the song, though. Dancing Queen is just, it's, it's a song that everybody has heard so many times. You've heard your fucking mom and your aunt singing at fucking family reunions, thinking that they're slick and shit. Like, I just, I, I can't with it ever again. And then they made a fucking musical and then they made a movie about the musical. And I'm just like, keep it, please. Just keep all of it. Well, this is not Mamma Mia. Now that song, I could, you can keep that one. (laughs) I just, I don't care how many listeners we just lost with that, but no, you can keep all of Mamma Mia. I think I would rather take Mamma Mia over Dancing Queen. I don't know if I can roll with that. Mamma Mia, no one gives a fuck. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> that uh, was angry. That was angry. Waterloo is still my shit, though. Yeah, but you know what it is? Dancing Queen's got that killer chorus. You're not wrong. I fully acknowledge that like it's a great pop song. It's well-structured. It's well-performed. I've heard it too many times. I'm just burnt out. But it's Friday night and the lights are low. <laughs> Number two makes me angry because of the disrespect. Can I say something that might be a little out of pocket? Um, I don't. It depends. <laughs> I feel like the inclusion of this song is to check a box to make sure that this list is somewhat diverse. Oh, I wasn't even thinking that. Oh, okay. Because I was more thinking like checking it off a box to make sure they had like some legitimate like good songs in here. <laughs> Like, it's Stevie. It's Stevie. It's <laughs> Stevie motherfucking Wonder. So, number two on this list is Isn't She Lovely by Stevie Wonder. I like this song. I like this song a lot. I think there are other Stevie Wonder songs that fit this thesis statement better. Let's get What Culture to hire us, and then we can just write a 10 Stevie Wonder song list. Honestly, number two should have been any fucking song by Stevie Wonder because the man is a goddamn genius. <laughs> I know, but at the same time, is the person that is scientifically made happy by this Stevie Wonder song, is that the same person that's made happy by this Cure song? Is made happy by Blink-182? Okay, what I'm thinking, maybe, and of course I'm giving what culture way too much fucking credit. <laughs> <laughs> is I feel like they're like okay make songs that make you happy I think they were trying to cast a wide net figuring no matter who you are there's one song on this list that'll appeal to you because unless you're pretty eclectic like the two of us are uh-huh. I, and maybe that's just a, a broad generalization but I don't feel like someone who's fucking with Blink of the Rock show is necessarily going to be popping on Dancing Queen unless you happen to be like my sister right shout out to Fab by the way <laughs> But, like, the, I'm just thinking your average person who, A, doesn't even realize, like, Friday My Love is depressing or the fact that, you know, the new radicals are, like, fighting everybody who's better than it. Like, that person. <laughs> that inherently became what bothered me most about this list. It was me trying to figure out who this is for. Who is, who is the intended target? 
everybody's the intended target because they're trying so hard to hit all these notes. It's like, okay, what would somebody who is in their thirties will listen to? Like, what were they listening to when they were kids? I don't know. Probably Blink-182. You're not forgetting the fact that they're still releasing music and it's fucking great. And nine is their best album since the self-titled, you fucks. Anyway. He's not wrong. Like, and then they're like, oh, well, what about their parents? And what were they listening to? Probably Queen and, you know, ABBA. And then, well, I'm sorry, though, but it's like, I don't care who you are or how you identify. If you're not getting with Stevie Wonder, get the hell out of the way. Like, his music's just so fun and infectious. And even, like, the songs that are, like, heartfelt, like, tug at your, like, heartstrings, they're still, like... You know, he, it's not the cure. He's not Robert Smith. He's not in here trying to make you, like, want to jump off something. Which is good. We don't need more Robert Smiths in the world. We need more Stevie Wonders. Though I do like Robert Smith a lot. Though, I feel like Stevie Wonder, like, covering pictures of you would be some shit. <laughs> I want I want that double album. I want a right? double album of the cure covering Stevie Wonder shit and Stevie Wonder covering the cure shit. Though I'm less upset about that than the fact that number one somehow beats Stevie Wonder. It's also like the most generic fucking song in the world. And this is coming from somebody who enjoys the Beatles immensely. Like, number one is Hate You by the Beatles. And it's overplayed. (laughs) Take any other song. And it'll be better. <laughs> and also, it just, okay, my biggest complaint with Hey Jude is the fact that it takes too fucking long to get to the na-na-nas. This man, you listen to fucking Coheed, fucking 14 minute songs about prisons in space. Don't, you are oh. not, you are not complaining about Hey Jude being too damn long. Don't even get on me about my space prisons, all right? Now you hit a nerve. I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> I like my space prisons. <laughs> I'm not saying that your argument is not valid. I am saying, however, coming from you. I can see there's a general bill to that, but it's literally like repeating the same thing for like, what, two, two and a half verses. And then it kicks into like this other gear. And I'm like, hold up. We didn't, just, we didn't like earn this yet. I think the drums amp up a little bit. Like, I think they add a tambourine. I know the Beatles were trending the other day because I know there was like a huge discourse about do the Beatles really earn a lot of the accolades that they've received over the years? I don't know because I know you're a much bigger fan than I. So mm-hmm. maybe this isn't a fair <sighs> debate. For me, the answer is yes, because music wouldn't exist today in the form that it is without them. Hear me out. <laughs> Because like it or not, unfortunately, they were the package that pop culture was willing to accept at that point in time in order to get that sort of sound into mainstream culture. They weren't going to accept it from, unfortunately, from the black artists who did it first. I understand the importance to a point when it comes to the Beatles. Like, Mm -hmm. you're right. Like, they did do a lot for music, but it's only, like you said, you said it perfectly. And I mean, this even happens now. They never really got judged on their own merits. It was because it was like basically them over anybody else. And even early on, when a lot of their songs were covers from the same artists, Mm -hmm. just it didn't hit the same because America cannot handle the fact that 
these people, mainly like white teenage girls, would be, you know, screaming and like going nuts over like black artists because you couldn't have that. No, of course not. <laughs> so you needed the Beatles, like you said, to fill that space. And to me, I guess my anger, even though it's often thrown at the Beatles, is really just thrown at society. Mm-hmm. But they had no problem also, you know, enjoying the the fruits of that labor. And don't get me wrong, later songs, I do admit, like, later Beatles, when they became less of, like, you know, the prepackaged boy band, uh-huh. there's some solid hits in there. Yes. Once they started getting weird and breaking out of, like, that early mold. Once they started doing drugs. Yeah. Actually, I should have just said that. Yeah. Once <laughs> motherfuckers just started just popping pills and shit and just taking acid, like, I'm sorry, there's no way you're doing Sgt. Pepper sober. They weren't. You don't have to worry about it. And I don't care because, okay, you know, it still slaps. Like, I like them, but I just feel that we as a society put way too much importance on them. I spent an entire semester in high school doing a 25-page research paper on the Beatles' music and its cultural impact worldwide. So if there's stuff... (laughs) So unfortunately, like, I have a lot of not really, unfortunately. Um, I have a lot of fucking knowledge about the Beatles and the shit that they've done and how it has impacted stuff. And it started out as like a, hee hee, I'm going to trick my teacher into letting me listen to Beatles music and then write a paper about it and get an A. And it started there. And by the end of it, it did sort of sour me a bit on them, which was un- unfortunate um, because they were another one of those bands that like, is intrinsically sort of tied to my childhood and is one of those things that like I enjoy with my mom. I enjoy with my grandparents, but the appropriation credited or not. And that sort of stuff just made it harder to feel good about listening to it. So Hey Jude is a fun song, a great song. One of their best well-known songs is fine. I also think as far as Beatles songs, it's not, this song that's going to make me happy. It's about, you know, it's a guy singing to his friend's kid being like, yo, I'm sorry your parents are divorced. Like, your dad's an abusive asshole. Uh, na 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 na. Like, I would have gone with, like, Here Comes the Sun at least, or I don't know, a song that actually is meant to be pleasant. Right. Like, why hate Jude? And they've done so many songs that are more upbeat, and even some songs that are, like, just silly. Like, you can't tell me that if you're given the option to listen to Hey Jude or Yellow Submarine, that Hey Jude is going to make you smile more than Yellow Submarine. That song is stupid, but it's so silly and so fun. It's much more fun than this fucking sad song about powering through your parents' divorce and, you know, emotional trauma and shit like that. Yeah, like, this is a weird first choice, especially since this song beats out Stevie Wonder. Now I'm, like, that's what actually made me upset. And I'm also still just mad at that fucking movie yesterday's. Oh my god, could you imagine if there was a world without the Beatles? Yeah, music still would have fucking existed. (laughs) I didn't end up seeing it. It was a movie that my, my mom and I talked about going to see at one point, and we just never, like, followed through with it. It's an interesting concept for a movie, especially now in a world where all we're doing is is remaking old movies. That is true. But I just feel like this premise that somehow culture would have been a, such a great loss without the music of the Beatles. I mean, you definitely would have missed some things. Mm-hmm. But like, let's not act like 
somehow the world would have been a complete standstill. I mean, of course, the, the premise of this dude literally just like writing the shit and just being like, yeah, I wrote all that. That's actually kind of fucking awesome. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot tub time machine where like Craig Robinson claims to have written um, Stay by Lisa Loeb. Like that shit is amazing. <laughs> um, it made me think of two things. It made me think of uh, the invention of that movie. Sort of a similar concept, but like done with something a little, a little less tricky than religion and with something more like music. And then it also made me think of fucking Bioshock Infinite. Because, like, there's a character in that that literally does that exact thing. Like, he travels through time and brings back, like, the pop songs of that day to his time. In conclusion, this list made me frown. One out of ten. It's what culture. They do this a lot. But, like, even for them, this is a pretty bad list. Like, Hey Jude being number one, I just, I, I don't, I don't know where you're going with that. But the new radicals, I'm sorry. Like, I can't get over how fucking amazing that is that's on this list. Even if your idea of, like, just trying to cast the widest net possible, some of these choices are weird, even for that. Some of the songs omitted are also weird. Right? I don't love this song, but, like, I think at one point it was the most downloaded song on iTunes. Like, you're trying to tell me you're not going to put Don't Stop Believing on here? And I'd hate to be like, oh, well, this was one of those, well, shit, we need a list, and, well, our normal list guy is out, so uh, I'm going to pinch it. (laughs) Well, this guy called out sick. (laughs) I was able to reason away some of this. I just could not reason away Hey Jude. And and it made me just, of course, shit talk to Beatles, which is going to get us tons of listeners, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, Well, technically, I think you and I both did it, so... We understand that they meant a lot to a lot of people, and they still do. Yeah, for sure. But, much like with anything else, you have to also understand that their popularity came at the cost of a lot of other people's. Mm -hmm. I don't think admitting that is, like, such a terrible thing. But I also know, like, Beatles fandom was almost like Elvis fandom, where it's almost like a religion in and of itself. Mm -hmm. For sure. And it's almost dogmatic in some ways. So I know saying anything to the contrary is like heresy, but well, come at me. And I think, unfortunately, uh, knock on wood, of course, as the remaining members pass away, I think that sort of dogmatic approach is only going to get worse. I will admit, because uh, George Harrison passed away in like 2000, I guess 2001. That shit wrecked me. As a little kid who loved George Harrison, George was always my favorite. His passing away from cancer was really, was one of those things that really affected me. And when I say the Beatles, I'm really talking about John Lennon. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, Paul, like, you could take and leave, take or leave Paul. Like, he's got some solid bangers. He's got some songs that are like, wait, what? <laughs> Whatever. But, like, the, the cult of John Lennon, I just never quite understood. I know that's probably a podcast for another time, but... Yeah. Like, Ringo was pretty inoffensive, and I know we even, like, made a reference to him in, like, the Blink-182 episode, basically being, like, a dude that just wanted to play the drums with his friends, even though he wasn't super great at it, uh-huh. according to Quincy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That fucking Quincy Jones interview. I just want to hug that man. That shit is gold. <laughs> he dragged everybody and had a great fucking time doing it. What what more can you ask out of life? You get to the age where it's like, no fun. Like, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to cancel, like, 95-year-old Quincy Jones? And then, like, 
but just him shit talking. <laughs> Ringo was like, it was like one of the worst players. And then they waited till he was gone and did the drums and he came back and it's like, hey, that sounds pretty good. It's like, yeah, motherfucker, that ain't you. I'm like, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man, that's good shit. But yeah, this list um definitely did not make me happier. But it was at least fun chat with you, so that's always that's always great. So let's say that you and I got hired at at what culture, and they're like, "All right, you want to talk shit on our list? Fine, we'll let you change one song, but you got to put a Tegan and Sarah song in there. What Tegan and Sarah song are you putting in this list?" Oh, see, okay, what you should have said was what Tegan and Sarah song not off of Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Honestly, come on, Eileen just needs to go because it's just no. <laughs> like, I'll even take Hey Jude over. It's a well-crafted song. It was used in a really great bit in uh, Royal Bombs. Spoiler alert, I am also taking out Come On, Eileen. One taking a Sarah song because I can't go one on Sainthood because that, that's so predictable of me. But I want to go, like, Faint of Hearts. Yeah? Fucking love that song. That song slaps. Part of me wants to put Everything is Awesome. <laughs> Yes, no, why didn't I think of that? Oh, you did it. No, that's perfect. That is the perfect, and I'm sorry, I don't care how many times I've heard that song, how annoying it is, it's so fucking fun. I'm sure if you mention it to both of them, they'll both shoot you, like, dead in your stomach and yeah. watch you bleed out. I I enjoy immensely how much they kind of don't like everything is awesome. <laughs> Because it's like, that's so not in their wheelhouse, but it was a fun thing. But then people really just took that song and just ran with it. Yeah. And I'm sure hearing that like all day, much like in the movie, is not awesome. No. I was going to say either Everything is Awesome or I know it's a fairly popular one, but Closer from Heartthrob. That song makes me smile. That's it. We, We fixed the list. (laughs) <laughs> uh no okay uh we moved stevie wonder to number one and we added to you and sarah there we fixed the list yes i'm sorry new radicals is staying just because the juxtaposition of hey this isn't that bad to wait what it- this song is so weird but if you do want to fight with us about <laughs> our choices and also the fact that the beatles might be a tad overrated you can hit us up on twitter at tlat podcast instagram's pretty chill there but, I mean, if you're compelled to start, you know, dust up there, uh, TLAT podcast as well. I would prefer that you not, but okay. I'd rather not. Well, no. See, the thing is, you can fight with me. That's fine. But Ash will, well, Ash will wreck your shit because she's not me. She's, you know, she's a little bit more patient. So, if she's snapping on you, you really fucked up. <laughs> oh, and then there's our email at TLAT podcast at is that our email? It's tlacpodcast at gmail.com. Oh <laughs> yeah. my god, I forgot our fucking email. Yeah, see, it's it's the email address. For some reason, there's just like a mental block there where neither of us can ever remember it. But I have it synced to my phone. So if you do email us, one of us will see it eventually. Yeah, tlatpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Let's talk to Beatles. Let's fight about this. Kill your idols. I don't know. <laughs> if you ask me nice enough, maybe I can find my paper and send it to you. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I do feel at least a little bit better having chatted with you. So, I mean, I guess the list did make us happier. You know what it is? Because that's, I figured it out. I figured it out. Okay. The list is so bad. Everybody who reads this, they're going to go to their friends like, we can make this list better. And by making it better, they'll fill it with the stuff that actually does make them happy. And then they'll have gone through an experience. And then either they'll be so angry that they'll forget what originally made them upset or the experience of making the list better will improve their lives. So what culture probably did not think that hard into it, but I, I think I was close. <laughs> so what culture tricked you into having a meaningful interaction with your friends? Yes. Suckers. <laughs> this list is not for the faint of heart. When it sucks, it sucks. <laughs> and on that note, uh, we will talk to you next time and don't get swallowed by a whale. I was walking with the ghost.